podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined by Leo. What's happening? What's happening? Welcome back, mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and we got we got German Dan. Yo, I'm back, me. Uh, no, no, no uh, work drinks today. You, uh, you, you sober? <laughs> I'm sober. I just had a just had a couple of drinks, man. All good. Okay, just a couple today. Uh, and we've got. Uh, <laughs> We got Sean as well. How you doing, man? Welcome back as well. Yeah, thank you, man. All good, all good. I I know you. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about Reese Nelson, but um, we'll. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, but yeah, let's let, let's <laughs> let's um, I'm I'm starting to be shameless. Let's run the propaganda now. Let's go. Let's go. All right, on that note, let's not start with Reese Nelson. Let's <laughs> let's start. With... <laughs> Um, I guess since we last recorded, obviously we had the de- we had the defeat to Olympiacos, um, which was 
I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I just didn't see it coming. I did not see it coming at all. But um, I guess knowing Arsenal's history and, uh, you know, all the disappointments that we've had in Europe and in the league across the years, maybe we should have seen it coming. Um, so maybe let's start with the Olympiacos game. We won't talk about the game itself because that's come and gone. That's, that's like a week ago. But um, Leo, let's just get your thoughts on, uh, because you haven't been on for a while, let's just get your thoughts yeah. on um, how you feel like Arteta has performed. I think you've been on, what, maybe like like four weeks maybe haven't been on? So how yeah, do you think? More, maybe. Yeah, so I think you came on when Arteta first joined. And um, yeah. I just, I'm just keen to get your... Uh, your thoughts on how he has progressed since he first uh, joined the club and he's, and like, you know, that initial buzz around when he yeah. first came. Mm. Um, it's a difficult one. I'm, I like him. I like Arteta. I won't say I don't like him at all. I like, I like what he's doing. I like the system he's trying to implement. I like the style of football he plays. But I feel like the team has changed quite a bit. When he first came in, I don't know if it was just Passion FC because he's got a new manager and you want to run for him, but the, we played a lot higher up the pitch. We closed spaces a lot quicker than we do right now against Olympiacos. They kept the same shape, but they didn't press as high. So you have the front three pressing, but the mid, from midfield backwards, they don't press as aggressively as they did in maybe the first three or four games under Arteta. So I preferred the earlier style that we were playing. Despite the results, we, didn't really, we weren't really winning games. We got a couple of draws, lost once. But I preferred that earlier pressing style to, than what I see right now. I do like what he's doing. I like how he's maximising a few of the players' uh, attributes. Saka, for example, is essentially a de facto winger. He's not really a left-back, but he has Xhaka drop in and fill into left-back when Xhaka and Saka pushes up. So that's, and that it doesn't expose Xhaka as much. Xhaka doesn't have to cover as much ground. He's not in midfield losing the ball all the time, things like that, like he was before. So it makes Xhaka purr along quietly. You don't really notice him. You just you say, yeah, he's doing a decent job. Um, it does leave a massive gap in behind Bellerin because... Yeah, and it makes it difficult for Pepe because Pepe doesn't get an overlap and Pepe loves to cut inside. So if Pepe cuts inside and has no overlap, you don't have any width on the pitch. And you can see that it's a source of frustration for Arteta and for a lot of Arsenal fans. We don't have anything coming down the right unless Pepe beats one or two players. And he doesn't do that with the regularity that we would like. So, and then if Bellerin does push up in behind him, there's a massive space, which against Everton, for example, um, Richarlison was able to exploit quite frequently because if Bellerin goes there's the the um, person that plays midfield doesn't fill into the right back role so you just got a gap where there's no one and Richarlison exploited that time and time again so I feel like that's a sly weakness of the system until we implement the kind of shifting across of the three centre-backs properly but yeah um, all in all I think he's doing okay if I had to score it out of 10 I'd probably say six and a half seven I think he's doing well he's doing all right was the defeat against Olympiacos, um, did, that, did that have any bearing on how, you, how you're rating Arteta's season so far? Or, or did you just kind of see like that, that competition is a bit of a write-off, we weren't going to win it anyway, so like, glad we're out kind of thing? Or did you actually see you know, Europa League, is that, was that a feasible chance of us making it into the Champions League, like winning Europa League and then getting in Champions League that way? Well, I mean, if you look at what I say in the group all the time, I had no, I said we had no chance of winning it at all. Um, I knew we weren't going to win it. I, I feared against Olympiacos. I said it in the group as well that I feel like Olympiacos, Olympiacos could exploit us. And the reason I said that is because the first game we played against them and we won one nil. We won one nil and it was fine. But they were doing something that was exploiting the space behind Bellerin where they had Valbuena, and Valbuena would shift across into that space and just wait. 
he would defensively, he wouldn't really come back. He'd just stay into that space that Bellerin vacates when he tries to support Pepe. And the midfielder doesn't fit in for Bellerin like they do on the other side. So you've got a big gap in where Bellerin is. And Valbuena just stayed there and waited. When the ball came to him, he's got good he's a good technical player. Physically, he's not great. But technically, he's very good. He can put good ball into the box and cause a lot of problems. Valbuena is probably still better than Ozil, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Relax, bro. What's going <laughs> on? I'll take Valbuena first. Hey, Lou, man. Get out of here, man. Chill, 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 chill. But Valbuena, technically, he's a very good player. And because of that, he was able to exploit the space that he was leaving. They have a lot of winning runners in the Interactive team as well. Quite a fit team to get around. So they were really exploiting that space in behind Bellerin. And I feel like that's a weakness of the system until they, well, probably because they haven't mastered it and they haven't managed to cover that space. But from what I've seen, that space in behind Bellerin is a massive problem. And when I saw Olympiacos exploit that in the first game, when we got to the second game and they, they turned it up or not, they even sometimes had two players slot into that, that space behind Bellerin. And when I saw that, I said, yeah, we're in problems here. This is going to be a problem. So, so you, you, you actually thought we had no chance of, of um, yeah, no going chance. through. So, so has that had any bearing on how you are rating our team? Now, is it still a, it's obviously still a disappointment to lose to Olympiacos. We shouldn't be going yeah. out to Olympiacos. With, no yeah. matter how badly we look at the quality across the Arsenal mm. squad, it is still man for man far better than anything yeah. Olympiacos could muster, right? So yeah, it's, sure. it is it is a is an indictment on Arteta. Yeah, I do, I do. I'm I'm not like gung ho about Arteta, so I do count as a strike against him for sure. I feel like he could have made his changes earlier. He could have like Lacazette is just outrageously crap. I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that guy. So the fact that he stayed on the pitch for as long as he did was outrageous. When you have someone like Martinelli that can come on off the bench and in a game like this where you need energy where you need pace. He could be, you know, um, the difference maker. So, yeah, I definitely count as a strike against Arteta. Not so much an indictment to say, all right, listen, I'm not sure about this guy. My overall opinion of him hasn't really changed. But I definitely, that's definitely a notch where I'm saying, okay, cool. I've noticed it. Let's see what happens from here. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Sean and Dan, let me bring you guys into the conversation. Um, Obviously, we haven't spoke... Like I said to Leo, we haven't actually had done a pod um, since the Olympiacos game. What was your thoughts on going out of the Europa League? Were you that fast? Um, you know, is it is it better for us now to like really put all our eggs into the into the league race? Because obviously we still do have a chance to finish in top four. But where did you guys assess our chances of you know what we was our no most chance. realistic chance of getting into Champions League? I'll start with Sean. Um, so I was very very upset to go out to Olympiacos. Um, I'm, yeah, so I was more the opposite side of Leo. I did think we had a chance to win it. Um, not that I thought we were the best team. Um, I thought Inter Milan, United, and even Wolves were all stronger than we are. Um, but it's one of those, on any given day, two legs can go your way and you can go through. Um, so I, I did think we had a chance. I was, I was very, very disappointed um, to go out as I, I personally thought that's the one we should have that was the competition we should be prioritizing um so it's a bit sad that we went out as as, as we did um i um i was i've not changed my opinion i'm still very very big on arteta what i didn't like however yeah um which i do think is questionable um lacazette being on for so long is, is definitely uh <laughs> yeah i mean he should have been off a, a, a long time ago and um, obviously, I get his reasoning for using Aubameyang out wide. However, 
at this by the same token, he's by far our best goal scorer. Um, so for me, he just plays in the middle, irrespective of yes, do you know what his hold up play isn't what it is, but neither is Enketia uh, or, or Lacazette to be honest. So um, and and I would use it yeah to get another ball handler on the left instead personally and get Aubameyang in the middle. Um, so I would get someone out wide who can hug the touchline and get Pepe and Aubameyang as close to goal as possible. That's that's what I would have done. But um, do you know what? It's, it's, it's water under a bridge now. It's, it's happened. Um, so it's, it's sad. Um, I'm not that, that like, obviously I'm upset that we went out, but it, it doesn't change my, my opinion of him. I would like um, to, to change a few things in terms of personnel and their positioning on the pitch, but... Maybe he's just adapting at the moment to, to sort of what he has, and 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 it will probably it will probably change again in the summer. This won't be his final iteration of the team as well. So um, so we'll see going forward. Um, we do have a chance of fourth, but realistically, I don't think we will get it either full fourth. If I don't think we'll get it, um, reason being we have to play City away. We will lose. Um, Liverpool at home. I don't think we will win. Um, Wolves away. I think we will lose. Um, Southampton away there are massive bogey team I think we won't win either um, so yeah we will need to be uber consistent in addition to hoping results go our way so um, so no um, I don't think we'll be getting there either so I don't really know obviously we'll be in a position where we're going to have a lot of work to do in the summer because we'll lose a lot of players or Bamiyang will go um, so I'm just hoping that one um we sell right and we buy right with the right profiles and we buy young um, and start the project properly because at the end of the day when we first appointed our setup back in December I don't think anyone was sitting here saying oh uh, we're going to end up like to, we, we had all written top four off anyway um, so so yeah so for, for me it, it, it's always a, a long-term building job and he's shown that he can coach um, obviously question marks will probably stem at the moment around his in-game management and, and his utilization of certain players but um, for me, there's more than enough credit in the bank to to back him and, and, and see what he can do from the summer onwards as well. Oh, bloody hell, it's all doom and gloom. I know, I know I can rely on German Dan to provide some enthusiasm and some positivity. Dan, we still got a chance of making top four, right? Well, top five. Like The league isn't written off yet, is it? It's not It's not done until it's done. Um, but... Gotta be realistic, innit? So, um, to speak about the Europa League game, I, I expect us to go through. Um, I did have some positive, um, kind of inclination towards us doing well in this competition, um, which obviously has been shut down by that second game. I did think Olympiagos would be difficult, especially the away game, so I was surprised when we won. Um, I think what really put us in the fucking foot, obviously, is um, that we didn't score the second away goal like and we had a, chance, yeah we had a couple of chances like a like a vet especially had a very big chance so just one one goal lead and going into the home game you still think you should be doing it and then when we were one no down I was thinking Phew. um but yeah um Europa League I think for the for the extra I think it probably help us in the league um because the Europa League games are just very awkward um, and it's difficult to put a consistent run towards the end of the season in with them. Um, if you remember, I think it was a M- Mourinho. Who, uh, he ended up just not focusing on the league and just focusing on the Europa League because he didn't think he could do both. And um, I've seen coaches do that before in the past. That they just don't think um, the league and Europa League is, um, is, both, um, is both doable, um, especially on, the, on a squad that kind of lacks quality. So um, maybe they will increase the chances in the league, but... 
Um, the real big concern for me with um, going out on the Oak so early is um, the loss of revenue. So at least last year we got the TV money to go all the way to the final and um, not boost our transfer um, transfer budget, but give us some sort of some sort of revenue coming from the TV TV rights there. But um, going out so early, I think I saw some of that we, we could potentially lose our, our up to our up to 30, 30 million euros. So um, not good, obviously. Um, that is a that is a big thing, especially with, um, on what Sean touched when we um, when we're trying to rebuild in the summer for the league. Um, the games that definitely worry me are um, the Liverpool game at home, uh, City away, um, Wolves as well. Um, I do think we could probably get a draw at Wolves. I'm also a bit worried about Leicester, but their form is off, and we usually do quite well against them. I mean, right now we have I think the next three games are all winnable, so it is really just about winning the next three games, then reassessing where we are, um, irrespective of what the other teams do. We we can rely on them to drop points. Let's watch the next three games, uh, see if we win them all. And if we do, I think we have a good chance. If we don't, we're out of it, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, just in my perspective, I felt like, I actually felt like we had a decent chance of doing well in Europe. And if I was comparing our chances of um, winning Europa League as to finishing the top four or, or fifth, I would have said we would have had a stronger chance of uh, winning Europa League than, than you know finishing in the top five in the league. Um, it might have changed a little bit in recent weeks because obviously, you know, teams just continue to drop points and we're only, what, I think we're five points off of Man United in fifth and we've got a game in hand. So really and truly, it's only, uh, if we win our game in hand, it could only be, it might only be two points. But um, I would, yeah. in City away. Ah, right, okay. All right, so five points. <laughs> five points and might, as well, <laughs> and might as well just add to our minus uh, goal difference. Uh, cool. So, all right, yeah, so we're five points behind. Um, yeah, I was particularly disappointed about the, the European defeat because um, I generally felt, I looked at the opposition in Europa League and I didn't really see anyone to be frightened of. Like, people can talk about Inter Milan, but they're going through their own set of issues at the moment, I believe. I don't really follow Italian football too tough, but um, I know they're not they're right, having... Man. They're all right, are they? They're all right, man. Yeah, they're all right, man. They're, they're, I thought they're they were not... having some issues with Sarri, like some teething problems. Uh, they they, they were in like a title race and now they're like six points yeah. behind, aren't they? Or fair, like, fair I think they're like eight but points but behind. Six points behind in the title in the title race. <laughs> like that's mm. not a crisis for Inter Milan. Like, no, okay, maybe enough. not. But I know they did. But, go, I wait, think they what, lost what? a couple games you, and stuff. Like. You, you said sorry. You mean Conte? Conte, sorry, not sorry. Not sorry, yeah, sorry, no, Conte. No, Conte. They're dead. They're dead. Oh, they're all fucking same, aren't they? All fucking same. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> the, 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 the only issue is um, it's because of coronavirus. They had to play a lot of like, games have been suspended and being played. Yeah, so that's. Lou, 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 Lou,
just the way they've been kind of playing in recent weeks and now they've got Bruno Fernandes, I kind of feel like they've maybe got the edge on us. Wolves. They've got City, you know? But they're five points ahead, so, I mean... That's right, they... but they've got City next game, right? Do they? I thought, I, thought, I thought we have City next game. Is that, or is that no. their, that's their next game, is it, yeah? Yeah, their next like weekend, I think, yeah. is City, I think. Like, just um, double-check. Mm. Who do they have? Uh, Man United, they've got Derby County, and then, yeah, Man City at home. But knowing yeah. them, they'll bloody win it. Yeah. No, man, if they win that, win that then it's over. I mean, they they beat Man City earlier, didn't they? In the league, didn't they? No, I can't remember what happened. No, no, they lost. But, yeah. but I'm sure Man United beat them last season or something like that. What we can also rely on, though, is um, City and uh, United are playing against Spurs. There, so one of them will drop mm. points. Yeah. I mean, I know this sounds wild, but we also need to guarantee kind of Europa League qualification. Just That's, what I, That's what, what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say, yeah. But maybe winning the FA Cup is the best chance of doing that. And that leads us nicely on to uh, Monday night's game away to Portsmouth, which, you know, could have been a bit of a banana skin. But then when I saw Portsmouth had rotated, uh, like their two top goal scorers, I think they rotated a few other players as well. I just thought, oh, well, even the small teams aren't taking this, this competition seriously. But, you know, it was still a decent opportunity for us to see some of the uh, the young players that we've seen quite a lot of this year and also a debutant in uh, Pablo Marie. So, Sean, I'll give you your opportunity now to talk about Reese Nelson, who burnt a conference-level left-back. But, uh, yeah, go on, have the floor, Sean. Tell us... <laughs> Tell us about Reese. Go on, tell um, us. Championship uh, relegation for the left back. <laughs> not even championship. I'm about to brag. Go on. Not even championship. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know why you guys are trying to just. Uh, I mean, you guys are really trying to get onto the Monday night Neymar, you know, instead of you. Wow. Like, <laughs> 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 Wow! That oh is, my God! That level of shamelessness just unlocked. The the, the BT Sport free Neymar, you know. <laughs> the BBC two Neymar, you know. Oh madness! That level of shamelessness you unlocked there is wow, incredible. That's incredible. So, so just got the same trim as him. That's it. That's that's where his allegiance lies, man. See? And, 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 and you know look at, and look at the power. I look at the power he's now developing because of the same trim. You see, God. Um, but yeah, now in all seriousness, um. No, no, it was it was good to see him back because he's obviously he um he started the first few games under Arteta in it, and then um he got injured and he was he's been out for a while in it so obviously he's built up fitness and now he's back again. Um, obviously I will still fight the <laughs> the lone fight for him. Um, Arteta's very big on him, so people might not like him, but Arteta is very big on him and what um he, he does offer. Um, even though I don't really like him right wing, he he holds the width for obviously a lot better than Pepe does in it. So. Um, whereas Pepe doesn't really want to hug the touchline. Um, Reese is quite comfortable there in it. So and, and he obviously put in a good few deliveries this game. Um, he was a bit more positive and aggressive. Obviously taking um, all seriousness, taking the level of opposition into account. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm still not ready to to hang up on him yet. I, I personally would like. I actually prefer him from the left. I think um, I tweeted this. I said playing him on the right it tends to simplify his game. Um, but I would like him to be used more on the left for like his link up and um, his ability to combine because he's a ball handler and I, and I think we need more of that um, because he's a lot more secure in possession than a lot of the other options that we have there. Um, but I, I don't know, obviously we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what um, it goes from here. Arteta has a lot of options. He has a lot, a lot of options. So it's going to be interesting to see how he balances it all, um, how he changes it from game to game. And obviously now, and this was another upsetting thing about not being in Europe because obviously um, it allowed the chance to give 
um, a lot of game time to different players, but now we're going to be going basically back to one game a week. So um, I don't know how he's going to balance playing everyone and, and, and keeping them together. But um, but yeah, hopefully Reece stays fit and um, you can show show a bit more. Um, I mean, boom, Anson's always cutting in, but he's got more assists and goals than his boy Damari Gray. So really, I enjoyed that one. I really did enjoy that one. Let me just tap my vein again because, oh, God. Yeah, let me just check. I think I think Damari Gray played tonight. Um, let me not embarrass myself on air. I'm pretty sure. Yep, yep. No goals, no assists. No goals, no assists. No goals. Oh, oh, and, and dragged and dragged after 66 minutes. Oh, and, and what happened? Oh, and they scored as soon as he came off. Oh, oh, oh God. Anton and Leroy want to talk about him being better than Pepe. He's not even better than Reece Nelson. So oh. they need to really, they need to reload yeah. that one, boy. So boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham are out. FA Cup. No are they out? No way are they yeah. out. Penalty. Penalty is no. Oh, no, no. oh no. my boy, my boy, Tottenham got the down. winner. Mourinho's a, <laughs> Mourinho's a criminal, bro. Yeah. They're on backyards. Oh wow. The way they played this game, they they are. Cowards, man. The way they played this game, they deserve it. <laughs> Hold on, let me see what group Tottenham's very own saviour, Troy Parrott, missed, yeah? Oh. Yeah, he... Was oh, wait, is, that, is that the one Jose said that most Spurs fans don't even know what he looks yeah. like? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Arsenal, man. Uh, yeah, um... The thing is about Reese Nelson, yeah, is, uh, Leo, just going back to your point, actually, I think you, you made it in the first five minutes or so, where you said, you know, um... Pepe is obviously struggling a bit because he doesn't have a fullback overlapping. The, yeah. the, the, what Reese Nelson did quite well in that game, because obviously Socrates is not going to overlap him, and Socrates played as like a really uh, defensive right back, didn't really get forward too much, but yeah. um, it allowed Nelson just to burn down the right wing and, you know, swing some crosses in and, you know, use his athleticism, which uh, we haven't actually seen much from him. And I know he was playing against, you know, some regen FIFA player who's rated like 56 on there or something like that, pace, pace 23. But, you know, Reese Nelson looked pretty nippy and he had a burst to get past his man. So does that maybe, is that like a solution there for, for Arteta that, you know, Reese Nelson can burn past his fullback on the right. Pepe doesn't do, Pepe wouldn't do that. Pepe would be looking well, thumb depends. inside, you know. It yeah, it depends. So my, this is my, one of my problems with Arsenal is that I feel like we have to overlap on the wrong side, right? So we play, we overlap on the left. So 100% agree. Whoever 100%. plays on the left always has an overlapping run, but that's what Pepe requires. So if it was me, I would switch the overlap to the right. And then I'd, but in the summer, I'd buy a left-footed left winger. And in, in that sense, that left-footed left winger would do what Nelson did last night. But hold 100%. the width, first pass his winger, put the crosses in from the left. And then I'd have Pepe on the right with an overlapping fullback. And in, that, if you, in my opinion, you get the best out of Pepe and then you get the best out of the left, put a Bamiang central, he'll feed off the crosses from the left and you can interlink with Pepe that will cut inside on the right. That's what I would do if, if I was Arteta. And I feel like Arsenal should do that. The reason Reese Nelson did so well yesterday is because he's a right-footed right winger and what he wants to do is burst past his man and put the cross in the box. And if, you, if that's all you want your right winger to do, your right inside forward or whatever you're going to call them to do, fine, you can do that all day. If you had asked him to cut inside, interlink with the striker, go for him, go and have shots, Reese Nelson would have struggled last night. But that's not, that wasn't his instruction. He had clear instructions to roast that guy and get that ball into the box. Just keep crossing it. And because of that... Sorry? Poor old Steve Seddon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Steve, poor Steve. He was getting roasted. Poor, all day, poor man. Steve from IT got yeah. roasted by. <laughs> <laughs> the short sleeve shirt. Some IT consultant, boy. Yeah, he was getting roasted all day long because Arteta had given um, Nelson clear instructions, roast him every time, and just put the ball in the box. Pepe wouldn't want to do that because he he's left footed. He dribbles with his left foot, close, very close to the man, easy to tackle. So what you'd want from Pepe is an overlapping fullback to create that space for him so that he can cut inside and then have that shot. So yeah, that's where I think Pepe struggled. The system yeah. right now doesn't suit him. Do you know what? Do you know what? Um, I really, I find quite a suspect or weird the 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 failure to utilize Maitland-Niles for so long. Yeah, he doesn't like. I mean, <laughs> I, I know, I know he doesn't like man, but I'm looking at like what soccer is that right back. What does he give you apart from being an outlet from goal kicks because he can win the ball in the air and defending. Dan, I think it's beyond football now. It's beyond football now. I think every man and his dog... My mum could tell you Ainsley Maitland-Niles is a better right-back than Socrates. But it's beyond football now. And I think the fact that it's gone beyond football now means that I think think Ainsley Maitland-Niles is done. Maybe him bringing on as a sub... We could look at it two ways. Is it maybe to test his reaction? Or is this like kind of like a humiliation thing? I don't know how Arteta's character is I, I very much doubt it's a, a Jose Mourinho style kind of humiliation I, I think it is more yeah. the former you know he's trying to test the reaction but to me he looks dumb and I yeah, think I he's probably sold about he needs to he needs to he needs to look like he wants to play so everyone has to hard to play I just find that I just come on man I, I hate people say things like that man the guy's a yeah. human being if you if you tell him right big man you're not playing chill on the bench relax for five games in a row, and then the sixth game, you bring him on against conference in the ninth, in the 89th minute. You want man to be happy about that? Come on, man. That's, that's an outrageous thing to say. But yeah. the thing is, with me, with, with Maitland Niles, I don't know what you man think. What do you man think about what Arteta is doing? Because really, the team's suffering because of it. It is. He's, yeah, it is. It is. It is but he's you playing need soccer people with the right back. Socrates is dead food at right back. He's rubbish. Big, <laughs> and, he's and struggling. I, I can't lie. Maitland Niles probably better than Bellerin right now as well because at least he can 100%. help with the build-up play, yeah. and he 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 gets he gets forward probably probably better than Bellerin. So it hampers I, us. Yeah, yeah if play, no, I just sorry, I don't if like you play it. Play Maitland Niles against Olympiacos. He does better than Bellerin in my opinion, one hundred percent. So Angel Maitland Niles, he hasn't put a step wrong uh, since exactly. he's performed under our so, setter. So if they've got a personal issue, I don't know what the issue is. Maybe Maitland Niles not looking serious in training. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. But what he's doing, yeah, what is choosing to do, the team's suffering because of it. So what do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, so I, I, I was just, because I was, I was, this, I was um, reading a few things, a, a few different things um, today about it, because I think, to Lewis's point, um, the reason Ainsley Maitland-Niles is getting left out, like he said, it's not due to footballing reasons. Um, we all know, we can all see he's better than... Um, Socrates. We can all see that athletically he's better than Bellerin. He's also, in my opinion, better on the ball than Bellerin. Even like um, we can compare him. I watched Joe Willock. Joe Willock doesn't have as much ability as Angley Maitland Niles. So obviously. Oh, Willock is dead food, man. Yeah. He's dead food, man. Relax, 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 relax. Yeah, that's how and Yaya for you, isn't it? Nah, he's. Let's not do this thing. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So. The reason AZ Maitland-Niles is getting left out is it's obviously not due to footballing reasons. And I think Arteta's um, point was, was quite pointed. I also read a quote from Wenger looking back a few years ago today. He said, um, Ainsley 
is a fantastic talent, but he's like, he needs to want it enough. He needs to be focused and he needs to concentrate. So if you look, there's a theme that runs through Ainsley Maitland-Niles, because I think even Emery said something similar about Ainsley, is that Ainsley seems to, I don't know how serious he is about ball or how, or actually, to be honest, I think he's serious about ball. I just don't know how hard he's willing to work. The theme on, is on California Kush. That is the theme. <laughs> that what? The, the theme is California, California Kush. That is what it is. That's, that's the theme <laughs> going on going here. It's, it's, he's been getting it imported under Wenger, under Emery, and now under Arteta. Listen, that's, that's all it is. So, I don't... Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, so I, I, I really do think... Um, Unfortunately, I agree with Liz because I, I think basically he, he's done now because, like you said, we all agree, the first five games, I thought, along with Torreira, Ainsley Maitland-Niles was the best performer under um, under Arteta. So, and like you said, he hasn't actually, I don't think he's actually had a bad game since Arteta's come in he hasn't. when he's played. Uh, so, no, no. for him, yeah, for him to all of a sudden get dropped for Bellerin, who, who doesn't look great, although obviously he's still recovering from his injury, I think it just speaks volumes. Um and, and I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know where we go from here. And it's a shame I, I, because I feel we need him back in the team. 100% I agree with Leo. I think I, we need him back in the team. So, yeah. I guess some people have made comparisons to, you know, Arteta's made an example of Ceballos and said, you know, you need to show me something. And now, look, Ceballos is pretty much starting every single game. Um, he said the same thing about Genduzi after he had that bust up with, uh, I can't remember who, whoever it was with, but he had a bust up and then was left out for a couple of games. But now he's back in the team. But this just feels different. Like this feels like it's an ongoing issue. It's been it's been like a month now that Ainsley Maitland-Niles has barely played, and um, that's a long time uh, in the football world, especially when you're working with someone every day. And we've had consistent games as well where we've needed rotation. The fact that it hasn't happened just says to me that Arteta is completely not having him. And I, I'm just interested in your thoughts. Like, um, obviously, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, he's 22, he's English, and he's performed to a relatively good standard in the Premier League. Where, where can we sell him to? Um, what, um, what kind of fig, fee can we um, demand for him? First, first of all, I think Maitland-Niles needs to, come, needs, to, needs to find an identity. Is he a right back or a centre mid? Because if he thinks he's a centre mid, he's not Premier League level, in my opinion. I don't think we've found many suitors for him if he, if he thinks he's a centre mid. I think we'll struggle. If he goes as a right back, 20 plus mil, I think we can easily get from. Today's episode is brought to you by Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox the same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us. Families trust Clorox to give them a safe and protected home. Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. So I know I too can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. So I have a story for you, Amanda. Um, With Clorox, there's one thing I definitely use it for every single time before I step into my vanity van. Uh, I love the entire place disinfected because that's where I keep my makeup. uh, That's where I get ready. That's where my clothes are. That's sometimes where I take a nap as well. So, you know, I can use it all over like time of need. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really, it just keeps everything super clean and I, I feel super safe. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general how they can give the most care for their loved ones, especially during times like these. I mean, with the pandemic going on, with COVID going on, it's just great to be extra 
sanitary with all the items that are around you, caring for others and, you know, just wiping down the door handle after you use the bathroom or wiping down so the door. So important. The toilet, the toilet handle. Don't forget oh. the toilet handle. <laughs> so remember, when, when it counts, counts trust Clorox. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you guys think? I think, I think someone like West Ham, why not, man? West Ham, even, even in Everton, man, we might be able to snag a place. I think they've got Sidibe on loan, yes, isn't it? Yes, come. You, yeah, you, you say, uh, just down on your point about him not being Premier League quality for a centimetre, I mean, people like Isaac Hayden start for Newcastle. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I think he could, probably maybe could play some midfield in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. And Newcastle, uh, Newcastle sounds like a point. team that would come in for... Uh, was it, weren't they even linked with him before? I don't Do I, know. Why have, have I just made that up? Maybe I've made that up. Or Quite maybe it was... Money, though. They tried to buy um, Jumare. Yeah? Yeah, they have the point coming back to that AZ doesn't want to play right back. That's the actual, that's another big problem. I think people keep forgetting that. He's obviously said so many times that he doesn't want to play right back. And I think Arteta referenced a couple of weeks ago and he was like, um, I think this was in relation to Saka, where he was saying, listen, even if sometimes you're not happy in the position uh, you don't want to be and it's about, okay, how can I contribute to the team? Do you know what? How can I adapt? How can I be better? How can I give something to the team? Um, can't remember who tweeted that, but that sounded like quite a poignant um, finger point at Andy Maitland-Niles in the sense that um, he's obviously not obviously uh, we're not there but it sounds like the attitude isn't to the position what Arteta would ideally like it to be and as much as yeah because I'd, I'd want Andy to do well to be honest and I think he could be easily be a very definitely, able yeah, squad player to do I, I easily think he could be a very able squad player at Arsenal but it's evident that obviously he's not putting in putting in that work. But to your point, yeah, I think we could send him to a Premier League club for around twenty more, hundred percent. I think, but I think at twenty two, a versatile player, um, because if you remember back, obviously Ox showed a lot more, and we sold Ox for forty million. We could definitely get twenty, in my opinion, for Ainsley. Mm, but then the thing with Ainsley that I don't understand there. Cool, you want to be a midfielder, no problem. So for example, Saka, Saka doesn't want to be a left winger; he's playing left back. So what Atleta has done, he said, okay, cool, no problem, go and play essentially left wing and be a little bit defensive, right? So we'll put Xhaka in when you go forward so you don't have to break your neck to get back. Go and play as a, essentially a left winger but drop in and he's going to do that. With Ainsley Maitland now, Ainsley, Ainsley said he wants to be a centre midfielder. All right, no problem. You're going to play right back. When we have the ball, step into midfield and be a centre midfielder. He was allowing him to do that. He's right, catered to him a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. go and play centre midfield. He literally made a position for him. <laughs> exactly. Only when we lose the ball do you have to be a right back. Other than that, play centre midfield. That's fine. That's what Arteta told him to do. And that's still not good enough. If that's still not good enough for you, big man, you have to leave the club. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it is what it is. We try to accommodate We're, we're speculating, on aren't we? We are speculating. Yeah, we, we don't speculating. actually know we are, what we the are issue speculating. is. We and don't know if it's effort in training. The, Sorry, go the, on, Dan. The centre the, the midpoint. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's a Premier League level centre midfielder. Um, but whenever I've seen him for Arsenal, I think it's probably about eight games I think I had one or two good games for the United away game was uh, he was quite good he got man of the match Southampton um, he played 10 minutes with Ox in the FA Cup some time ago um, overall was quite a good team performance he was decent but there were games where he was completely rubbish in 10 minutes field um, so against Esterson I think got hooked at half time then um, against Newcastle I think he wasn't really good so it was one of them things where I'm thinking I don't know if he, he possesses the consistency to play centre midfield for Arsenal. 
So, as you mentioned, Newcastle, potentially, maybe you can go there and play in a, in a, in a midfield. But Arsenal, it's, just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in midfield for him. I know a lot of fans are asking for him to get like the opportunity, but I don't think I don't think what we've seen in the past runs the opportunity, and also we're looking for specialists in in the midfield. So I don't I don't think Andy Metinlands has the skill set really to 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 do what we need from the centre midfielder. So maybe it's best to part ways then if he's not gonna 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 um gonna follow suit in the uh, under the Arteta regime, which is it looks like it doesn't. Because, because, so, so, sorry, just, just, just one last point on Ainsley. Um, because what also he's got, he's twenty-two. Um, so Bios and Torreira, we forget they're only a year older than him. They're playing centre mid. Guendouzi is two years younger than him. He plays centre mid. Even Willock is favoured above him. He's playing centre. Well, obviously more, more as a ten. But he's played under now Wenger. He's had chances under Emery, Lundberg, Arteta. None of them have played you for a prolonged period in centre-mid. You're not a centre-mid, big man. If you're a centre-mid, you'd be playing centre-mid by now. Do you know what I mean? So, it's unfortunately, yeah. It, it's for him. It, it's it's facts. It's facts. So. Even Jungberg, man. No, no, Stendi, he could have got a chance. He didn't get a chance there, so. But don't you um, think it's a bit mad that players are able to tell the manager, big man, I'm a centre-mid, you know? Who says who? I'm telling <laughs> you, you're right back. How are you telling me you're a centre-mid? Big man, you're not. I said you're not. I, find it, I think it's a bit nuts that a player is able to say, nah, 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 allow that man don't want to play this. So, but <laughs> that's exactly how he said it. Though. You know, that's exactly how he said it as well. Nah, nah, man don't want to play this. Yeah. Right back, nah, nah. nah yeah, star, I saw nah, that Burke has my video, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, boss. He's definitely going to turn on the Burke. Definitely could have that boss now, but... Anyway, you um, play with Amanda you. Anyway, yeah, go on. <laughs> let's let's move on from AZ Mate now. So obviously, um, it was the first time we've actually seen Pablo Marie play for us. Um, uh, South American Virgin Twitter have gone a bit overboard. I, I have to admit, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I saw a lot of uh, uh, over the top. Shall I say? Um, I saw the words incredible, unbelievable. Yes. I mean, he did okay. He did okay, but let's look. Let's put this into context. As I said, as I mentioned in the in the uh, beginning of the pod, Portsmouth they um, they rotated their two top scorers out of the team. Um, This was a very very weak Portsmouth side. This isn't the the Portsmouth side that are uh, uh, where are they in the league one? Uh, Third, third. they're third now in the league one. Third, third in league. Yeah, third one. This isn't that Portsmouth side, you know. So um, I think. We need to put it into context because this is that, that was probably like a conference level team out there. But you know what he did show was that he was very confident on the ball. Um, he, he he was doing a lot of what David Luiz has been doing for us um, in that left uh, that left pocket uh, centre back position. And um, it was it was his it, you know I don't I don't think his ability on the ball is going to change dependent on the uh, opposition too much. If you're going to do that yeah, against Portsmouth, well, obviously change, it's, it's it, obviously the, the closing, pressure will change and stuff like that. that. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. But his passing range is probably not going to change. Um, yeah, he still that. He's still going to have the ability to pull out passes and stuff like that. It, obviously, the level of pressure will will change, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was particularly impressed by a couple passes. I, like, I think uh, I've just got some stats here. I think uh, yeah, I, I've got here 12 out of 17 long balls completed, which yeah, is yeah. quite impressive. You know, that's you know, you don't expect players to have that kind of um, uh, long ball percentage. 
So um, yeah, uh, what, Leo, you you can take the the floor on this. Uh, what what yeah. was your first thoughts on on Pablo Marie, and do you see him now becoming uh, a centre back partner for Louise, or, or is it too too early to to well, say? I don't know about all that, <laughs> but I mean, he was for the first I'd say thirty minutes. I didn't notice him, and that's that's tends to be a good thing because. If I'm noticing my centre-back, then something was going wrong or he's playing unbelievably well. He wasn't doing either of those things. He didn't do anything wrong and he wasn't unbelievably exceptional. He was steady. He gets the ball. He fired a few passes between the lines, which I liked into the striker's feet. So the striker would drop and he would fire the ball immediately into his feet. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it was Willock and Willock is, boy, he's, he's not got that in his locker. So the ball would like, bounce off his shins and stuff a bit sometimes. But I, I do like his pass selection. It's nice to have a left footer there because he plays the ball immediately. So the switch happens straight away. Whereas Louise would switch feet, go back onto the other foot and then play the switch. He plays the switch straight away, which is nice. And it's good in the air. He's six foot four. So he better be um, at that height. He didn't, is he, is he six didn't, foot four? Yeah, he's six four. Bloody, I didn't know that. All right, okay. That's yeah, encouraging. Uh, so he said, uh, well, I might be wrong. You're making me doubt it now, but six four, six three, one of those. He's tall. So yeah, you'd expect that. Um, he's, I didn't get a chance to see his pace, he wasn't really tested pace-wise. He t- tended to get his positioning quite good, um, quite balanced, so he was able to kind of recover when he needed to recover without having to overly exert himself. So I wasn't able to see what his pace is like. He, d- he didn't get turned once. I want to see him get turned and have to recover because that's where I have my doubts. When he, if he plays a high line, gets turned and has to recover, I don't think he's got the pace in there to recover at he's all. Six two. He's 6'2". He's 6'2", my bad. Yeah. Two inches but that's still, it's bad. still a reasonable size. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Um, I'm sure this is anyway, whatever. But yeah, I, I doubt his recovery pace. Physically, he looked okay. He looks he could handle himself, but again, he's playing accountants and and doctors, so you can't really. I didn't really take I didn't I didn't really take much from it. Like he was, you know, is he, he did okay. He did well. I'd like to see him in a tougher game to see what he's about. I didn't take anything from that game really. Oh, uh, Dan and Sean, what what about yourselves? Did you um, were you were you impressed? And 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 where do you see? Because I, I actually feel like this could be the start of maybe the implementation of Pablo Marie coming into the first team, um, it, you know, starting Premier League games. What, what, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Um, so, so firstly, um, a similar thought to Lee, I didn't think he was, he was um, tested a lot to really give a full assessment. Um, so I'd like to obviously see more of him. He did, he did seem like he would, he was looking to anticipate situations. So, um, rather than being reactive, being being proactive, obviously the the difficulty of the situations he had to deal with against Portsmouth were relatively low. So um, I did, um, for the next games, I would I would particularly look at how he's um, how he situationally behaves um, in in more difficult situations and physically um, very easy to see. But um, this is one of the things that I, um, I'm going to be looking out for how he's going to behave situationally because um, we have a lot of brain dead centre backs. So um, I'd like him to to just not be in that kind of line of kind of line of work. So um, yeah, the left the left foot is very good. Um, I was I was um, I was pleasantly surprised by his long passing. Um, they weren't floated; they were actually quite they were pinged. So good good passes and right over the fullback straight into the right foot, um, right right wing of feet. So um, looked good. Coordination looked good as well. Um, he didn't look too too um, too stiff. Not. Not incredibly agile for a centre back or anything as such, but he looked he looked decent. Um, but yeah, maybe what's the next game? Is it a home game? 
West Ham on Saturday, I think. West Ham at home. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I'm just thinking West Ham at home. They're, they're playing with two very physical strikers. Antonio and Hala, very physical. So, yeah. um, I'd like to maybe, yeah, I think Mustafi's decent in the air, but maybe the the, the couple inches that Murray got on him could help in that game. So, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that game, to be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Yeah, he was um, he was he was all right. Similar to, to Dan's point, um, from what I've seen on YouTube and in my head, I just had he was more of a you know just a Murtasaka type defender um, in terms of that he would be the one um, reactive, like um, just looking to sweep up. But he, he he likes to be the aggressive actually as well, so he, he gets quite touch tight um, to the strikers, but when they have the ball, so. Um, and um, so yeah, no, no, it was uh, and and he is he is quite physical as well, and similar to um, the others' points about um, yeah, his, his passing is uh, it, it seems quite crisp, but obviously let's test it out at um, a higher level. Um, I, I also agree with the other guys. I, I've got no aversion to starting him against West Ham, even though um, Mustafi's actually been quite good for the last few games as well, actually. So um, so w- whichever decision. Um, we, we go for I'm I'm all, I'm all right with but yeah it's similar to Dan's point um, Antonio and Haller are very very physical so, um, so so maybe it might be an option but it'll be a ba- bit of a baptism of fire as well because um, under Moyes they'll, they'll probably look to play percentage football and go for that second ball as well so um, so uh, do you know what you've got to test him at some point isn't it? so yeah so F it fling him in F it fling him in um, are we saying F it fling him in to Enketia starting uh, again against West Ham like he, he looks to be the first choice striker at the moment he got another goal is it three and four starts now I think for Enketia yeah. what's, so, the, what's, what's the alternative uh, option like is it yeah I'd rather Martinelli no, 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 no. start up top to be honest yeah put my Martinelli there but Enketia, I don't think it's going to happen Enketia, Enketia, yeah Enketia over Lacazette but Martinelli would be my first choice how, how yeah. did you guys feel like um, Enketia did against Portsmouth? Because I think, I mean, I, I weren't I weren't too impressed by his overall game. It was a, it was a tough game. It was a tough game for him. But um, you know, he got it was a typical Enketia goal. You know, the ball he, he comes alive when the ball comes into the box, and he scores goals that Lacazette has no chance of scoring. And I like that about him. Um, I think there's a lot of value in in having a player like that in the squad. I still don't think he's good enough to to be a starter for Arsenal. But, um, for, I mean, uh, t- for someone t- who's just come into the team, I was I was perplexed as to why, um, you know, we kept him at the club. I thought we should have, you know, given another loan. But, you know, he scored three goals in four starts. He's adding value to his, his transfer uh, value if we were to sell him. And also, you know, um, I think someone made the point that, you know, when you sign a striker in January, you want him to hit the ground running and score some goals. You know what I mean? And we're getting that yeah. from Enketia, which is which is good, especially when our main number nine can't hit a, ba- uh, a barn with a bus. Is that is that the barn door with a bus? Sorry, that's it. Yeah. Um, you mean, English lad? You tell us. In it, you tell us, man. We're we're foreigners. <laughs> Sorry, lad. But, but the thing is, Enketia. I'm I'm half Maltese, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry, big man. Um, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like I can point to any single game he's played for us, and I can be like, yes, Inketia was quality in this match. That's not what he does. I don't, I don't feel like you're going to get an entire ninety minutes of out and out quality from from Inketia. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I, I hate how true this is, you know. 
Yeah, you're not going to get that. If that's what you're looking for, true, it's true. It's a no. You're not gonna, what you're going to get, he's going to be okay. He's going to be a bit meaty. He's going to give the ball away sometimes, and he's going to get one chance in the box. He's going to score. If if you're okay with that, then you're cool. Okay, and Kessie should be a striker. What he does is the opposite of what the Lacazette stands feel that Lacazette does. Oh, Lacazette plays so well. He works hard defensively. Links the game up. He just doesn't score. And Kessie doesn't do any of that. He works hard. He runs. He's not going to be as defensively solid as the Lacazette stands say Lacazette is, but he scores. So you've got to both ends of the spectrum, according to the Lacazette stands. Which one do you prefer to have? It, depends, it kind of depends on how much you want to rely on Aubameyang from the left to score you goals. And Kessie is not going to give you a solid 90 minutes. He's not. If that's what you want from him, <laughs> you're going to be sorely disappointed. He's never done it. Do you know what the drop-off between um, Enketia and Lacazette in terms of like... I don't want to call it just um, hold-up play because Lacazette puts in a lot of groundwork as well. So it's like a mixture of, um, you know, uh, hard work and hold-up play that Lacazette does. But the drop-off between um, Enketia and Lacazette in that regard is not, is not that big, in my opinion, especially Lacazette in his That's, form at the moment. But yeah. in the box... And in terms of like getting on the end of chances, the drop-off between Enketia and Lacazette at the moment is quite high because um, Enketia is just doing it so well. He looks very, very threatening in the box. And for that reason, I think it's a no-brainer to, to go with Enketia. Do, 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 do you know what? Really, really and truly, it should just be Aubameyang and Martinelli left wing. So That's not going to happen. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, it I should know, be, but... But... Yeah. but yeah, the thing is, that you, you say that, that there's not much of a drop-off work-wise and there's a massive drop-off in the box. Fair enough. But that's Lacazette in current form. If Lacazette discovers some type of form, one thing he does do, fair play to him, is work his socks off. Uh, sometimes he, he will actually have the Lacazette stand, would be correct. He will actually have a, a decent game and just not put the ball in the back of the net. There's a lot of work for the rest of the team. He hasn't done that for a while, though. In. So, yeah, he hasn't. But if, how does he re- rediscover that form? By playing, Right. So it's like, okay, do you play him so that he can rediscover the form? Or do you just say, all right, we don't want that. We, we're going to forfeit that work and that hold-up play and whatever else you do. And we're just going to rely on Enketia, who might be a trash for 70 minutes, but in the 88th minute, he might score. My, my issue with having both Enketia and Aubameyang on the pitch is both of them kind of do that, do nothing kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're essentially, yeah. you're They're sacrificing two out of your three front three uh, who, who are not involved enough and not making enough. And yeah, it's fine having shooters on the pitch, but if you haven't got anyone to make the chances for them, then it's not really going to work, is it? And that's my only issue with those and, two being on the pitch together. And Kevin play 90 minutes versus, versus Bournemouth kind of, kind of makes me think that Lacazette will play against West Ham. I think he will play Lacazette. Yeah, probably. I, I feel like Arteta likes Lacazette. He has a thing about him that he, he, he prefers. Otherwise, I, I don't understand why he's never once even thought about playing Aubameyang through the middle. Like, it's not even coming to his mind. There's been times Lacazette's come to the pitch, he'll put Martinelli up front and leave um, Aubameyang out wide. He won't. He just won't do it. I don't know why. It's, it's like he doesn't like it. Today's episode is brought to you by Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox the same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us. Families trust Clorox to give them a safe and protected home. Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. 
so I know I too can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. So I have a story for you, Amanda. Um, with Clorox, there's one thing I definitely use it for every single time before I step into my vanity van. Uh, I love the entire place disinfected because that's where I keep my makeup. Uh, that's where I get ready. That's where my clothes are. That's sometimes where I take a nap as well. So, you know, I can use it all over like time of need. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really, it just keeps everything super clean and I, I feel super safe. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general how they can give the most care for their loved ones, especially during times like these. I mean, with the pandemic going on, with COVID going on, it's just great to be extra sanitary with all the items that are around you, caring for others, and you know, just wiping down the door handle after you use the bathroom or wiping down so the door. So important. The toilet. The toilet handle. Don't forget oh. the toilet handle. <laughs> so remember, when, when it counts, counts trust Clorox. Um, I think Sean can touch on that point because I remember him sharing the article saying something about that at this moment in time, the system is basically engineered for the main, goals, um, the main go-getter to come from the left. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah, Sean, yeah, maybe you can touch yeah, on that yeah, point. So, I think that's what you meant yeah, to yeah, I, I obviously, like you, you guys, I don't really like seeing um, uh, Aubameyang on, on the left. But um, yeah, the, the, so, so that article was, was basically referencing the fact that um, due to the utilisation of Saka, it allows us to station um, uh, Aubameyang as a, as, as a left wing forward. So that, so that channel in between the full back and the centre cent back is the space that Aubameyang always attacks. Um, and even when he was out of the team, when he had that free game ban and Martinelli was in, Martinelli was virtually replicating that same sort of role. Um, and, and he was the one that got the brunt of the goals while Bamiyang was suspended, um, if you remember the goals against Sheffield United and yeah. um, Chelsea. So it, it, it is, it is, um, that, is, that does seem to be the avenue that Arteta wants to exploit at the moment. It will be interesting to know if that changes um, with players leaving, etc. in the summer. Um, it, it's interesting you guys mentioned um, that point around Bamiyang and Martinelli, because it, it's quite weird that um, Arteta has never seemed fit to play to start those two together with Pepe, um, and and I I think my guess would be to hazard that he he's worried about that lack of technical security um, between both of them. Not that I think um, Enketier is, is is that much better himself as well, and um, but yeah, it, it, it's quite weird that he hasn't seen fit to play just like um, Martinelli on the left um, with Aubameyang up front. But but maybe he wants he deems the fact that maybe Nketiah holds the ball up better. It's quite weird with Eddie because, um, like a lot of you guys, I, I didn't rate him. I didn't really understand the point of, of, of bringing him back. And, and he, is, he is a weird one. Um, but I guess the weird thing with Nketiah is, is in football, goals are currency in it. And, and you can't... What One thing you can say about him, if you, you can question his overall game, Nketiah really does know how to put the ball in the back of the net, man. Like In, in, in the box, like his movement is sick. Um, and he's he's a, he's a natural natural goal scorer. Um, so and, and it's weird because I would tell him I think you could and Ketty could definitely make you like thirty million in the transfer market. A team like Bournemouth or even a new oh yeah, 100%. They, they, they they would spunk a lot of money on an Enketia. But um, just need I Man United to sign Josh King and then yeah. they could play. <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically, but um, but one I think Arteta likes Enketia, referenced by the fact. He didn't allow him to go back on loan. That was that was referenced by a lot of people. That that was Arteta's decision. He 
uh, a lot of people were happy for Arteta uh, for Enketi to go back on loan, but Arteta wanted him to stay. And I guess um, if you look around, it, it's quite hard for squads to have decent backup. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. how much would you pay for a backup striker? They'd be relatively expensive. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that we've managed to cultivate a homegrown one who hasn't cost us anything, and it seems like he is actually reliable at this level, um, that might be something to worth holding on to, especially obviously with the futures of Obber and Lacazette opening the summer. Obviously, we've also got um, Balogun coming through in the under-23s as well. So we, we're actually producing quite a lot of forwards at the moment, which is... Um, like like which, London buses, none for yeah, 15 I years know. and then two at the same time. It, it, it's, it's really weird. Yeah, it's the, the, on, but that's sorry. the thing. Yeah, go on. So that's, that's the thing where if you're... I think, where did I hear this? I think someone on a different podcast was saying, talking about your, the churn of your second striker, right? What well, Arsenal need to nothing. do... Yeah, was it them? That what mm-hmm. Arsenal need to do is to produce someone like... Oh, Lou, some name dropping, bro. Yeah, I, I knew who it was. Good podcast, good podcast. Purpose. Lou, big man, take time, brother. Take it easy, bro. But yeah, um, so what they were saying is, you can't... So if you have... You raise someone like an Nketiah, right? is getting goals. You could sell him in this, this summer to not a stupid club, but a club that lower down the ra- in the ranks, got a bit of change, Newcastle, Bournemouth, even if Everton Newcastle, man. Joe yeah. Linton costs 35 mil. I think he's got one Prem goal. Exactly. Something like that. Exactly. So a team like that, they're, they're taking you, biting your hand off for Eddie for 35 mil. Right? 35 mil. You might even be able to chance 40 on a stupid club. But 30 mil you can get for Eddie. You should sell him and bring in your Balogun. Right? If you believe in Balogun, so right, Balogun's he's it. He's the next Eddie. Cool. No problem. Get rid of Eddie and bring in the next one. Churn them out. That's how you make money. But like that's how Liverpool make money. They get they bring up a Solanke, shot him to to Bournemouth for twenty five million. They bring up another player, get rid of that one. So, so you, you make your twenty five, your year thirty there. Suddenly you get to a stage where you've got hundred million. You go out and buy someone proper. The fact like that, that Liverpool got twenty five for Solanke and he hasn't even scored a goal before. It, there you go. We the the money we should be looking at for Enketia right now. Yeah, I, I don't care. We need they to got loads for Ings as well. Yeah, they got loads. Yeah, yeah. Well. Danny Ings another one. And, yeah. And, and and I think I think to, to to Leo's point there as well, especially as I believe, and unless we get Europe, we're unlikely to be in Europe next season. This should be a, a way of, of raising revenue for us. So sort 100%. of these, these these homegrown players that have come through. So if we're talking twenty mil for Ainsley, thirty mil for Eddie, that's that's fifty mil. You've just raised and Willick, it. And, and Willick then another you, one. Willick, Willick is another one. You you could yeah. shot for Holden. ten million, ten ten odd mil. So you're you're then beginning that sixty. Holding million. needs to go. There is value. There is value in the squad. We could easily free yeah. up hundred million pounds and, and, in transfer and, and fees. This is, this, this, is, this is one of the good things about giving young players opportunities because it's a it's a massive opportunity. Like if, we, for example, obviously none of us want us to sell Saka. If we were to sell Saka, we would get a lot of money. We would get a lot of money for Saka if we wanted to sell him. So, so, so there's a, there's a, there's a lot of value value in the squad. Obviously, um, I think there was that article that was. Um, Earlier on, that was that was about Reece Nelson that we rejected twenty million bids for him last summer. Do you know what I mean? So these are these are exercises that, that we can take to definitely raise revenue and then use it to plug back into the squad and um, address areas of concern. So I, I hope that um, the senior management are looking into this. And uh, obviously, I think Arteta said after the Olympiacos game, there will have to be decisions to be made in the summer. In it, so I just hope they're smart in in terms of what they do and, yeah. and have looked to to strengthen the squad. Yeah, they have to do that. That's the only way. To, for Arsenal to be able to compete with guys that are higher up in the table. You have to churn out those players. Yeah. Okay.
that's the only way to make up for the revenue gap that we were going to yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. All right. And, and, let's go on, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. And, and I was just to say, basically, that's how Liverpool became the best club in the world, essentially. They sold squad players, then they sold one or two big stars, and then they just used it to replenish the team. And then they, they got better as, as a result of it. They, Coutinho and Suarez, they sold for massive money. Uh, that was over 200 million combined for both of them. Then, like you said, they sold squad players like Ing, Solanke, and then they just raised. How much did they sell Benteke to Palace for? They just raised P. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and, and this is how they, they get where they are. So, I hope we would do it. Like, like I said, Aubameyang, we need to make sure, because he's probably going to go in the summer, just make sure we get good money for him and just reinvest. Thankfully, at the moment, we, we seem to have strikers coming through. And as long as the, um, our system is engineered towards creating chances, we will always score goals. There, there will always be someone else to score goals. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, I, I just hope we do that. All right, let's let's do some listeners' questions then before we wrap things up. I actually really like this question that we've uh, just got. It's uh, from Ref JJ. He asks, uh, where does Oba rank among Arsenal all-time strikers? Just before you guys answer that question, I'm going to give you some Aubameyang stats, okay? So I've just, I've just had a little uh, Google. And um, I'm looking at Arsenal's all-time top goal scorers here, okay? Um, any, any clues as to where Aubameyang rates on that list? All-time, okay? All time. Any Oof. any ideas? When you what, what stat are you looking at? All time top goal scorers. Just amount amount of goals. Yeah. Um. He's top ten. He's he's got. Oh, Leo's gone top fifty. Leo's gone fifty. No, no. I didn't say fifty. I said fifth in the list. Oh, bro. fifth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you no, need it. No, no, no. relax, 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 man, relax. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say top ten, though. top ten for sure. Top, top 10. ten, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think, did I, I? don't know. I think Walker scored a hundred goals for us, and he was at eight or something. Yeah, stupid. So and, I, and think, so, so did I think Aubameyang at twelve. I think Aubameyang at twelve. Wow, that's 12. a brilliant bloody guess. He is actually twelve. He's uh, yeah, he's twelve. <laughs> Come he's on, twelve. Okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Good, good one, Dan. Um. Yeah, so he's uh, he's one behind Emmanuel Adebayor, who has 62, and, and in 10th is Ramsey on 65. But the interesting thing about these stats, um, if we're just looking at like the top 20 players here, um, Aubameyang has got a goal every 125 minutes, which ranks higher than every single striker. Thierry Henry, Ian Wright, Van Persie, Dennis Bergkamp, all these players, Aubameyang is scoring uh, more goals per minute um, minutes per goal is a lot lower than all of those players. Goals per match, higher than all of those players. Uh, Aubameyang's is 0.64. Thierry's was 0.61. So, just, you know, we need to start looking at this guy and, like, where does he rank in terms of our all-time greatest strikers? Because now, the, the thing just is, looking by the stats... Yeah. That's the thing, right? So, if you look at the stats, yeah... No, Goal-wise, numbers-wise, just putting the ball in the back of the net, you're not chatting to that guy. That guy, he's, he's different gravy, putting the ball in the back of the net. But those other strikers on that list, look at what they contributed besides that. If you watch the games, look, we'll look at Tyrion Reed's games, what that guy was doing during the match. Ridiculous. He was right. running the game. He was the best player on the pitch. Where You don't look you, at Bamiyan and yeah. think, all right, Bamiyan's better than Bamiyan. You see that on, on, that on, on Percy that dropped on the TL. Van Persie as well, man. Van Persie was in a magazine yeah. for us. Yeah, Van Persie was doing yeah. a match. I, I he think was, those he top four. Play on the pitch. I think those top four: Thierry Henry, Van Persie, um, Ian Wright, and Dennis right. Bergkamp. They're untouchables, right? But 
yeah. I mean, the the other players on this. So, for example, in fifth place is Theo Walcott, hundred five hundred. I don't think this is right, though. I don't think this is right because I've, I'm pretty sure people like Alan Smith have goals. I don't think this is right. Transfer marked are shagging me. And Cl- <laughs> where's, Cl- where's Cliff gonna, Bastin? Gonna, where's I'm... Cliff Bastin? Cliff Bastin's not here. All right, okay. No, this this list is wrong. Okay, this list is wrong. This this list is is biased towards players who played in the nineteen nineties. I think so. Um, even even if we use, it's probably talking about Premier League era though. Maybe from nineteen ninety. May maybe, but it's got like it's got Paul. Yeah, Paul Merson's on here. Uh, I don't. All right. Anyway, but even if you use that, that list and you look at the players, okay. Like just there, I'm, I'm looking at now. Just Premier League. Um, Aubameyang is eighth. But so yeah. Henri's top. Van Persie second, Giroud third, Ian Wright fourth, Walcott fifth, Burkham sixth, Alexis Sanchez seventh, Aubameyang eighth, Pires ninth, and Ramsey tenth. Okay, mm. now look at that list. Yeah, Alexis Sanchez was the best player on the pitch for a whole season. Mm. Right? Not just scoring the goals, he was the best player on the pitch easily. Look but, at but the question course, was the strikers, all-time strikers. Of course, of course, and. Uh, Bamiang as a striker, putting the ball in the back of the net is not the only thing you have to do as a striker, right? So he's great at that, world class. You're not touching the guy when it comes to that. But if you're looking at those other players and you're comparing him to them, the reason I think a lot of people will be like, mm, I'm not sure if I can put him in that calibre is because of the stuff surrounding scoring goals. And that, that's where even Giroud, you look at Giroud, Giroud, of course, Bamiang is way better than Giroud. But there, there are things that Giroud used to do where you can say, you know what, Giroud's really good at that. If you ping that ball into Giroud, yeah, he's got two defenders on him, he's holding that ball up, bringing another man into play. He does it all the time and he does it very well. So he had... I think a good comparison here, yeah, is, let me ask you this. So, um, Aubameyang and Adebayo both scored a similar amount of goals for Arsenal. Um, Adebayo in a lot more games. So I think um, Adebayo got 62 in 142 games. Aubameyang has 61 in 96 who do you think has been the better striker for Arsenal, Aubameyang or Adebayo? Because they both... Adebayo had that amazing season, didn't he, where he scored 30 goals. Um, who, who has been the, the better what, what, striker for Arsenal? Aubameyang is better than Adebayo. Um, Aubameyang is playing in the team where... I don't even think we have a chief creator. Adebayo is playing in the team with Fabregas, Nasri, Brzezinski. Uh, He's playing in a, in, a, in a way more creative team, in a way more free-flowing team, attacking team than Aubameyang is. Um, I, w- I would dare to dream what Aubameyang would do in that type of team. So Aubameyang, clear of Adebayo for me. Um, 100%. Clear of I mean, I, I, the thing is, right, of course, strikers do stick, stick the ball in the back of the net, but there are other things around that. The other things around that, if I had to give them a weighting, wouldn't scoring goals would be weighted at like 70% and all the rest would be 30%. So the fact that Aubameyang has scored as the same amount of goals as him, as him in like 50 less games has a much higher weighting than maybe the other stuff that Adebayo might have been contributing. And even if you look at his other contributions, they weren't great anyway. It's not like he was bagging up the league and wasn't scoring. Like, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. So yeah, Aubameyang is clear of him easy for me. Sean, is that the case for you as well? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But I would... It's weird because I, I did... Adebayo was quite a frustrating striker. Yeah. But at the same time, he also had a lot of very good attributes. Um, that's the sort of striker I like. Like a, an athletic target man who can also run the channels quite well. Um, obviously, his finishing was, was a bit sketchy and he was uh, his work rate was atrocious at times as well. 
But when he he was one of those, when he was on it, yeah, he he was uh, he was a mad thing. But yeah, um, Aubameyang was better still. Um, all, all things considered, even though I don't think his game probably was as rounded as Adebayor's, but he was. The fact is, he was a shooter, so that wins it. 100%. You know what? Yeah, I'm just seeing something interesting. And why do you think, for example, someone like Kanu is so revered as like an Arsenal legend? But you look at his goal scoring record; it was. It was very Lacazette-esque. In fact, it's even worse than Lacazette. A lot worse than Lacazette. Do, uh, listen, listen. Do, do, do you know what it is with Carney? Yeah? Because back in that era where their teams were playing four four two, like literally the the, the owner the onus wasn't on him to to bang bang goals like that. Carney was one of those. Yeah, he he was he, his ratio is poor, but he scored so many. The goals he scored, yeah, were so wavy, were so delicious, bro. That listen, man, then weren't even watching that, bro. Listen, I remember. Was growing up watching that. <laughs> that <laughs> delicious, you know. Yeah, no, them goals are wavy. I'm Nigerian. Iconic moments for him, bro. he was the reason. He was the reason that Nigeria, Nigerians support Arsenal. Like, yeah, if you yeah, go to Nigeria now, they've got a big, a big following because of that guy. Yeah, so yeah. he, he's one. He had a lot of cultural significance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so was, and he that's was. why, yeah, that's why a lot of, especially Nigerian fans, they revere him because the, of the cultural significance of what he was doing. He was one of the first Nigerians to play for Arsenal like that. And to be a main guy in the team, so yeah, yeah he's culturally he's a, he's a bit of an icon. Okay, yeah, I realise I'm not going to get any objectivity there. Listening, uh, listening to you guys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> 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 don't ever. But, but he's an icon. He's an icon for different reasons. No, I'm joking. I love Cardi. I met him once before, yeah, and he, he signed my shirt and everything like that. He was he was a great guy. I'll just drop that in there. But um, I got another question here from Moshiru. He asks, uh, when will we when will we release Willock? And how soon should we do it? <laughs> is it even possible to make money off him? I mean, come on, hey, let's, t- let's relax here. Like, tell, that, tell that guy to shake my hand, man. No, I, no, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> listen. Go. I'm, I'm going to defend Willick a bit. It's yeah. time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. I'm talking about releasing him, you know. Willock, we can make good money off of Willock. We can make good money off him. We can make good money off of Willock. Now, I... I, I you lot get onto Willock, and I feel like the whole Arsenal fan base is getting onto Willock quite a lot because they think he's he's not good enough. And you know what? They they might be right. But where my sympathy not sympathy lies for Willock, but where my soft spot lies for Willock at the moment is because he has particular skills that we don't have in his Arsenal team at the moment. And that greediness, no? Yeah. Okay. What well, greediness <laughs> might be one of them. Greediness might be one of them. But. His ability to run with the ball is something we don't have. And I wouldn't be particularly... Uh, we, hold on, hold on. So, Lee, sorry. We do yeah. have it. It's just on loan at Huddersfield. <laughs> That's all. What, you think Willock would be banging out in the championship? Relax. Really? No, no, but you put Willock in the championship, bro. Because when Emil Smith-Rowe was playing in the Premier League yeah, and, and the Europa League, he was doing this. It was a niche, oh. but now revisionism oh, nah, starts okay. because, nah, because, because, he's doing it against, because he's doing it against Portsmouth, yeah, in the, in the championship. You guys are doing compilation videos for him. Willock would, would, yeah. would be smashing <laughs> up that league, mate. Willock would be smashing was, up that league. The thing with Emil Smith, Hold bro. Hold on, Willock, uh, you don't with him, man. <laughs> no, the thing with Emil Smith, bro, and I, I like Emil Smith, bro. I think he's quite good. But, man, you guys hyped this guy up. Hyped he's him. He better bang now, you know. He better bang uh, now, you know. He has to bang. He's a Premier League player playing in the bottom rungs no. of the championship. I expect him to bat it up. He should be the best player in that team. 
And yeah, he I is. expect that. He is. And he is. That's, <laughs> that's my expectation. That's my expectation of him. He's not performing above my level of expectation. He should be the best in the team. And he is. Good. That's what you so, should be doing. And we will bring him back and he will continue to bang. When he continues to bang, I'll, 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 get, I'll get on this pod and I'll say, you man, I was wrong. That guy Listen. is wavy. <laughs> he is you know, wavy, bro. Emma Smith-Pro hasn't done this since he did that banger against Atletico and that friendly. And I thought, Are you all right, bro? He's Are done this. He's done this. All he's done is get injured. You said... You look, you look like him just because his name is Emil, like, and, and he's got a double barrel surname. That's, 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 that's the reason. It, you guys fell in love with the name, boy. No, like, said... That racial bias, even though he's white, but he's. he's, he's... Louis, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you said at the moment, Willock, you like him, yeah? Nah, no, at the moment. Willock is your boy now, man. No, he's that's not my it. boy, but I just I appreciate the skills that he can bring to the side at the moment. If we can bring no. someone in, don't get me wrong, if we can bring someone in and say Emil Smith Rowe does come back and he backs I actually like Emil Smith Rowe. Let banner aside, I like Emil Smith Rowe a lot. And um, I was the one that brought it to you guys' attention that he was banging in the championship. Do you know what I mean? So you can have me to thank for that. But um, oh, sorry, big man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I brought you, I brought, I brought you the scouting news first. Yeah. All right. Mad cool. Thing. So um, yeah, I actually like him. And if he can come into the team and, and translate those, those that skill set into um, into our squad, then fine. Get rid of Willock. But I kind of like Willock as a squad player. And yes, he's playing shit at the moment. He's playing shit. I know he is. But he is capable. We've seen what he's capable of on a, on a good day. And he has a, quite a unique skill set to what we have throughout the squad. And that is where my soft spot lies with Willock. Yeah, he might not, he might not be good enough. He might not I, be good I, enough. I, but... I, 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 bruv, I, I really, I, honestly, I really don't rate him. The only thing I will say slightly in his defence is that I do not agree with the utilisation of him because he's not a number 10. And, and, and that's very clear for all to see. Like, he's the centre mid who likes, to, who likes to drive into the box from deep. Similar what to Ramsey, so that, that's that's the only thing I'll say in his defence. Other than that, no, no, no. Get get. But the thing is, when they've played him as a six, he's uh, he doesn't do it well because he doesn't release the ball quick enough. My guy yeah, has to put Ronaldinho in the midfield. Take so, time, bro. So so you, you see, for me, Willock is the sort of um. So they say you're playing a midfield three. He'd be like the furthest eight, like running forward to to get into the box and stuff. Like, like Ramsey. Yeah, like Ramsey. I wouldn't be tasking him with like any sort of creative duties because he, he is hickey on the ball. Like, he's not, like, he's, he's not, like, for, for all the stuff that I've seen, like, from other sort of the young brothers, like, at least they they, they come past the ball and they, but he, he's very hickey on the ball, bro. He, he's he just looks ridiculous, sick. man. Yeah, so he, he's not, I mean, listen, but anyway, bun him. For me, okay, yeah, for I, me, I, 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 go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so for me, I think Arsenal fans are being too sentimental, right? We're, we're like, oh, he's from Hayland, we love him, is it? No, we, what we said before, you have to churn these players out. You have to sell him. If it's, if it's up to me, you've got to sell him because he's worth some money, right? How much? You're How much good, is he worth? Not good enough. Sorry. Fifteen million, I say, you get from easy. Twenty million. He's a Premier League. He's played a lot of games in the Premier League, right? and he's done reasonably well. Beginning of the season, everyone was waxing lyrical about the guy, right? So he's done reasonably well. You can get twenty million for him. You have to churn these players out. No sentiment. You have to get rid of all that sentimental nonsense about, oh, he's from Hayland. We love him. He's one of our own. I don't care. Send him. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. 
No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. You have to get rid of these players. I'm not adverse to selling him at all, as long as we, we need to look at bringing in a player that's better than him and, and, and can carry the ball in midfield. That's 100%. And, and if you look at the players we've been linked to, you're seeing that they're at least considering that midfield is a problem and they need to sort that out, right? So they're, they're looking at that. But you've got to sell someone like Willis, 100%. The, the, the one thing about selling all these home... The, the one point against your point of selling uh, all these homegrown players is we actually need homegrown players. But I guess your, right, your point is that you bring... You, uh, you, you promote Turning other... Out, yeah. Right, okay. Sell Eddie okay, cool. and bring Balongans. Yeah. So, the, the, the last point from... Yeah, the last point from me on Willis is Okay, I'll, I'll try to be objective. So, Willick, for me, I look at... Um, but you can't... Uh, sorry, sorry, Dan, just before you go on, though, just in, before, about that point, you can't register Balogun as a homegrown player. You have to leave a space free in the squad, don't you? That, the whole point of having players like Hold in Chambers is because you registered them. You have to register at least 12 homegrown players, right? Or is it eight? I can't remember what it is. So you not, need players sure. over the age of 20. <laughs> eight, I think you need, eight. is it eight? You need players over yeah. the age so, of 21, so, so is it? I, I, yeah, think someone like, yeah, I think someone like Tierney counts as a homegrown player, you know? I don't think he does because no, he he's Scottish. No, no, Scottish doesn't count as homegrown. I think Martinez might. Yeah, Martinez does. That's why they brought him back. Bellerin does. Bellerin does, yeah. Willow, Carice, all these guys, don't they count? Ho- ho- Mate, I think Maitland-Niles does. Yeah, Maitland-Niles Chambers. Yeah, Chambers, Holding. Um, Maitland-Niles does because he's 22 now. Because so he's he 22, but Willock wouldn't because he's 20. Yeah, Willock is 20, so he doesn't okay. have to be registered. Yeah, if he yeah. doesn't count, that's even more reason to sell him. Get rid of him, he doesn't count. Yeah, but, so, but he will count, but he will count yeah. next season. But he doesn't count yeah. now. Yeah. We don't, okay, okay, let me, let, let me just um, finish my Willock point. So, objectively, I'm just, I don't think we're utilising him um, to his best. Um, um, best skill set so as um, same as um, Sean said I think box to box would be the best for him as a 10 receiving between the lines Higgy um, so I don't think that suits him then I also believe that when I look at when I see Willow playing 10 I'm thinking hmm who do we have in the under 23s that can play there because I'm sure they are more technical than he is in that 10 ball so when, it, when, when you start thinking about other youth players that could play instead of him surely he's not good enough when you when you when you when you're when you're already looking at the next batch of youth players to come in, surely he's not good enough. So who from that? Who would be from that youth? Who would be I, from the I, squad that? I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them. I asked Olo. He said um, that Matt Smith, and he said who else did he say? Good um, that Greenwood guy looks quite good te- technically, and he also mentioned um, Azez. I think he's called Miguel Aziz. But I think Miguel Aziz is a deeper player. Yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's a deeper he's, as well. He's, he's, a, he's a proper like centre, he's centre mid, centre mid. He's not, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. In terms of the guy who's similar to him is, is the guy who's younger than him, Emil Smith Rowe, who's on loan. Mm. So, um, but yeah, that's that's that that is the, the ideal option. But anyway, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with him. I, I think he'll probably still be here next season, but I'd get rid yeah. of him. I think he will be. And he he needs to grow into his body, you know. That's when he could be released really because at the moment he has some physicality, but it's not imposing. So if he if he goes into his body, he might be useful. But if he, yeah. All right, let's let's do one more question then before we wrap things up because we've gone quite on for quite long. Um, Uncle, no, so Mark 
the chef asked uh, last week, some panel members said they uh, would risk it with Oba and let him run, him run down his contract. In light of Arsenal's finances over the past week, last season's loss and early Europa exit, are, are panel members still willing to take that risk? So I was the one that said, I feel like if we can only get like 50 million for Aubameyang in the summer, it's worth keeping him for the next season because I don't feel like we're going to be able to replace him adequately enough. I don't feel like the 50 million is worth it when we could I use him to push I, for the Champions League. I, I, think, I think we need to we need to make sure, especially considering our um, bad financial situation, um, I think we need, oh, not bad necessarily, but um, the revenue gap we're going to be experiencing and the, the, the lack of revenue we're going to get from TV um, through um, the, the short, short um, stint in the Europa League and no Champions League next season, we need to make up that gap um, in order to strengthen in areas that are really, really required. Um, we have we have some strikers, some options um, in the club who, um, who are there on contract. So I would tell Aubameyang if he doesn't extend. You have to make sure you um, you get the best out of your assets. And, and we've seen in the past Arsenal not selling the player. And then and, and then in general, he ends up going anyway. So um, on the player also, I think it creates too much talking points. Every other game, if, you, if, if Aubameyang doesn't score for three games in a row, people start saying, oh yeah, he doesn't want to be here anymore. So it's just, I just what I saw with Alexis. Granted, Alexis and Abemi are very different personalities, and um, I, I, we haven't heard from anything about Abemi trying to push for a move. But what I saw with Alexis happening, it was just we should have sold him. But we should have sold Alexis from a football and same as Ramsey, and same as Ramsey. That 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 year, you don't extend the contracts, you sell. You can't but, be letting people go on the free. But we know that's, but, that's a good. But we can say with a good deal of certainty, though, that Abamyang is going to perform to a to a world class level, like he has been. Yeah, we can say that with a degree we of certainty. We can't say that with certainty. No, no, but no, we we can do because he's because he's doing it right now. We we, we don't know. So this is obviously a hypothetical scenario, but it could actually be that Abamyang does want to leave if an offer for fifty mil comes in from Barcelona. So. What happens then? We turn that down and let him play for another twelve I just months. Don't, I just don't, don't agree with the. I just don't agree with the, the, your comparison to the Alexis situation. We should have sold Alexis for footballing reasons, as well as contractual reasons. Yeah, for, for, we all knew Alexis was finished. We all knew he was finished, so we should have sold that, him anyway. That I, that I agree with. I just don't. I just think we need to. We need to maximize um, revenue. Um, so fifty mil possible. Fifty mil in the summer, you sell him. I'll tell him, yeah. If he doesn't extend, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might, I would, I'd throw the bag at him. I would, I'd give him 350 to 400k for three Ooh, years. I think the club no should, chance. I, I oh, think the club goodness. should pay. I, I think he can still play at least two years at the top level. No, 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 no. no. Not, not, not for someone. I would do that. Not, not for someone at his age. Definitely not. Yeah, this is where. No, wait. No, wait. See, I would do that. No. Uh, so if he doesn't huh? accept it, then sell him. No. This is, this is no. where, this is where, as a business, Arsenal need yeah. to, this is when you, you have to conflate the football inside with the business side. Okay. The reason that Dortmund is so good at what they do is because they have hard and fast rules. If they want to leave, we sell them for as much money as possible. If an offer comes in for as much money as possible, we get rid. We don't say, okay, this guy, Haaland, is amazing. We want to keep him. No, Haaland, 100 million offers come in, goodbye. We get the next Haaland, right? That's what they do. For Arsenal, you have to establish rules and you have to abide by those rules no matter what happens. Um, the, the, hierarchy, the hierarchy in summer said, 
when players get two years on their contract, if they don't renew, we're thinking about selling them. If now you've got a player on one year, right, and your a fifty million offer comes in, you have rules as a club. You, as a club, you have decided we sell these players no matter what happens. You get rid of him. If you get rid of Bamyang, Arsenal's not going to get relegated. It is what it is. But Dortmund aren't under any aren't Dortmund aren't under any pressure of dropping out of the Champions League and losing a hundred million pound of revenue again. But you know, the reason they're not under that pressure is because they have followed rules for a number of years. I think the reason they aren't under pressure is because their league allows them to finish course, top four regardless of, of whether the they sell a Bamiyang or not. Of course, but the reason they are where they are is because they establish rules early and they operate within those rules no matter what happens. Right? They, they've been doing this for years and that's put them above us, above most of the teams in our league, above most of the teams in the world. Right? Dortmund is one of the better teams in the world because they, they establish their rules and they follow them no matter what happens. You can't do this every time you have a good player and he comes down to the second year or last year of his contract. You're like, mm, we could do this player, so let's keep him. That's like, well, no. If he's not I, I, contract, I, I get agree rid of with him. you. You disagree I with me? I agree with you. I, oh. No, I agree, I agree with you. The okay. only thing with Aubameyang, I, I just think I have the same sentiment as Lou saying, I don't think we can find a replacement. So if he's willing to extend, I will no, be willing to throw the bag at him. But then why are you... Why but if he's not... <laughs> Yeah, go on. No, because no, no, this still got... Sorry, sorry. Just to, before you um, say your point. Just because it still fits into the... If he extends, he can stay. If he doesn't, we sell. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is with me, I don't understand why everyone's like, okay, we had a Bamiyang that scores 40 goals a season. We need to find another Bamiyang that scores 40 goals a season. No, you yeah, don't. don't. Yeah, What you need to do is create a system or a team where the goals are more distributed amongst the team. Right, so you, yep. you get Pepe firing, you get a left winger, you get your left winger firing, then your striker scores maybe twenty or twenty-five goals instead of the forty Aubameyang was scoring. That's fine. What, what elite level team is doing that currently? Doing what? Has a team that has a has, that is doing well Liverpool. and has goals. Just, well, no, they don't because they got Salah Liverpool. that scores thirty goals a season, same as Aubameyang. City do it. Yeah, but City still have Aguero smashing in thirty goals a season still. Dortmund do it. Bayern Munich do it. But no, Lewandowski scores 40 Lev- goals Lewandowski, a season. Lewandowski how much? How much? All the goals, yeah. Of, of course, yeah, of course, fair enough. Gnabry always scores. He, he, he scores. does, he does. But, but, that, but that's, Pepe is underperforming in that of regard. Of course he is. Oof. Of course he is. Yeah. But why is he underperforming? This is the job of your coach and your club. Why is Pepe yeah, underperforming? I just don't I, think I don't think that's an alternative to do in, 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 into your nah, plan. I, I think we need a shooter. We absolutely need ideally, a shooter. Ideally, you need a shooter. Ideally. If you can go out and find another shooter, perfect. But we have to deal with the reality of the situation you're in. Just because you don't have another shooter right now doesn't mean you get rid of £50 million and keep the one you've got, even if it's to your detriment the season afterwards. Right? That's we, 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 we need to sell. We need to sell. We need to sell. Also, also my, my point, which I'm always keen to... To, to finally hammer home as well is that there's always new players. You might not see it now. Always. There's always somebody new. There is always somebody. Don't get attached to players. I've seen you better players than Aubameyang. Big, big yeah. players. Huh? I've seen better players than Aubameyang at the club. There's always new players. There is always new players. I will never, I will never understand. I will never ever get that opinion that I'm never going to... I've seen Thierry Henry, bro. Everything is going to pale in comparison, bro. Do you know what I mean, bro? That is, yeah, I can't afford to lose. Aubameyang, as great as he is, right I'll, t- I'll tell you what, humans, humans don't like uncertainty. 
Yeah, well, yeah I think it, a lot of it has to do with is uh, if you look at where we would be without Aubameyang. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I because we've never had this issue before. You can talk about Thierry Henry. If we, if we lost Thierry Henry, yes, of course, it's a huge drop-off. But we're not talking about... We, we still had quality in the side. We have niche. If Aubameyang leaves, we have, we have absolutely huh? nothing. No, no, no. We have you know absolutely what? You know nothing. What? No, no, no. Do you know why I disagree? Let me take you back, bro. When Henry left, we replaced him with Eduardo in the next season. Everyone was saying, Eduardo who? Do you know what I mean? Van Persie has fitness problems. He was rarely ever fit. Adebayo was very inconsistent. Nobody was looking and nobody, everyone was looking and was like, where are, we, where are we replacing the goals from? But we had a system. We had players in place who could create chances. So there's always going to be new goal scorers. Exactly. Right? My, the, 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 we don't have that. Yeah. But why can't you have that in the summer? Right? That's, exactly. that's more plentiful. We can, right? but I, do you trust the Arsenal board to do this? Do you trust? Yeah, then that's a question of the Arsenal board, but I'm talking about Arsenal. But this is, a, this is, but this is a question about the Arsenal board in general. We're, we're, talking, about, we're talking about a board decision to sell Aubameyang. This is, this is all interchangeable and this all relates to each other. Right, of course, I, I agree with that. But what we can't do is say, OK, cool. I don't trust the board as a fan, so I'm going to forget the 50 million. Let's keep Aubameyang. That's not how it works, right? You can't do that. Yeah, if you and want we can't do that. to be successful in the long run, you have to follow the yeah. rules. He has Our to rules is it. sellable. That's it. It, it. It has to be sold. It's not a sustainable business decision it, letting exactly. Aubameyang run down this contract. It, it, it not. isn't. We can't it do isn't. That. Of course it isn't. But we're in a very, very precarious position right now where <laughs> we need to stop the bleeding from somewhere and we need to hold on to as much quality as possible. And I, I just don't see how we can strengthen as a team by letting Aubameyang go. I do not see it. I do not I do. see where we're getting I do. the rep- I don't Ooh, see I do. where we're getting the replacement from. We we we've we've seemed to have got it wrong with Pepe. You guys are probably gonna disagree with me about this, but we've spent seventy two million pounds on Pepe, who we thought was gonna give us goals alongside Aubameyang, and it's not gonna happen, lads. I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. No but so hold on. Not only are we gonna to have to find um a goal scorer to replace Aubameyang, we need to find one on the wing as well. We need to find two goal scorers and then we're gonna say goodbye to our thirty goal a season striker for fifty million pounds. So hold on. Okay, okay. But you've you've just what you've just said is the absolute worst case scenario. I don't know why all Arsenal fans do this. All Arsenal fans go for the worst case scenario. That's very unlikely to happen. That's the tail end of the distribution. What, what, what's very thing, unlikely to happen? That, the, the fact you're saying, okay, Pepe's not going to fire, Aubameyang's going to go, we're going to lose 30 goals, we have to buy and a few, we, we're not going to buy any. And we're not going to buy a new striker. No, 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 I'm not saying we're not, 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 not going to buy a new striker. Of course we're going to buy a new striker. I'm not saying, but you're saying he's not going to be anywhere close to Aubameyang. It's going to impact us in a negative way. Fine. That's the one tail end of the distribution. That's the equivalent of me saying we're going to buy another striker. He's going to be just as good as Aubameyang. It's all going to be fine. That's the other end of the distribution. It's never going to be those two things. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of the distribution. So what what you want to do is, is, is to get it to be as close to the right tail end of the distribution as possible, to the bit where we have a replacement and we score loads of goals. It's not going to be that but you want it to be as yeah. close to that as possible. What's the best way of doing that? To invest around the team so that more people score goals from other places. And also, that for me, yeah, sorry, Aubameyang is not the future of the club. We are going to need to rebuild anyway. So we might, as well, we might as well start now. We might as well start now. Listen, Martinelli came in this summer. Nobody had a clue. Was People were saying, oh, he's going to be in the reserves all season. He's got double figures in goals. Do you know what I mean? In That's the first it. That season. Bro, yeah. There are always new players. As long as you can engineer a system. Listen, 
yes, it might not be perfect, and we and we, we're not going to get to where we are overnight. But it's a work in progress. Liverpool took five years to get to where they are now. Do you know what I mean? It's a process. Let's trust in the process. Let's believe, cool, that Arteta can engineer, um, and I might be very wrong here, but I believe he can engineer a system which will yield goals, which will get the best out of um, some of the players, obviously. And what he needs to do, he needs to be backed um, in the transfer market appropriately. And we need to recruit the right profiles to, to help us where we're weak. But already, yeah. um, listen, we were all, none of us are big on Eddie Nketiah, but he scored three and four, got three and four. People had doubts he could score at this level. Do you know what I mean? People are, we can always be proved wrong. Listen, a lot of people don't like Tammy Abraham. After uh, Chelsea lost 4 0 to United on the first day of the season, everyone was like, he's a championship striker, but he scored like nearly 20 goals this season. Do you know what I mean? There are always, always players, and Chelsea have engineered a system that can create chances. Players are going to score goals. Players and are going to score goals. Do you know what I mean? Also, it will you're, looking, you're looking at Pepe in his current iteration and saying, oh, he's never, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, which is fair, it might not. It might not. Correct. But you look at, and I'm, I'm in no way saying Pepe is like this player, but you look at Ronaldo, he came in for three seasons, he scored four goals, five goals, and eight goals for three seasons, right, in 38 games. The fourth season, he scored something like 20-something. It just, it is what it is. I, you never know. I, Some stuff I, think, I think a good, I think a good example of Pepe is, I always say, Hung Min Son, he came in, played at 30 yeah, games, good example. four goals. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't bang at all. People called him a flop. And look at him now. One of the best do, players do, in the league. Do you guys easily. see it? Do you guys see Pepe making these? I didn't see Jung Min Son scoring. Do what he did. So, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't. So, see but Son has always been quite, a bit quite like uh, threatening, and I don't see busy. the same Son, threatening. Son's busy. So yes. So, so li- listen, listen. My thing, and I've maintained this from the start. Whether you want to agree with this or not, that's your that's your like prerogative. I've always said we need to no 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 listen listen now because it, it pisses me off. People can have their opinions on Pepe whatever. I've said always get him off the wing, get him close to goal. When he's closer to goal, he's a much much bigger threat. When you isolate him on the wing uh, and he's got to hug the touchline and try to beat three four players, anyone is not not everyone is gonna. He's not a touchline hugger. Get him closer to goal. If if you listen. If you wanted a touchline hugger, then you should never have brought him in the first place. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. to know what you're signing and look to utilise the best way to get him, like, to, to get him in positions where he can score goals. Get him playing off, off like, within the width of the penalty box, close to goal, overlapping fullback, players he can combine with, he will score goals. 100%. I'm willing to bet money on it, but it depends if we can engineer a system. That Ooh, will... this is where Lou's awake now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, hey, and, I, I would and, take Sean up on that bet. I can't lie. Yeah, take, and what, well, no, no, no. Hang on. I will only take the bet if we utilise him in a good if way. We if we utilise, like, but how do you even contextualise that? I don't even know. No, no, no but as mean? I said, no, it's, it's what I said in the beginning, right? Yeah. Switch the overlap yeah. so that he can play inside. Okay, so if that were to happen, if that were to happen, I would bet with Sean that. Uh, so, Sean, how much if we were to switch the overlap? <laughs> how <laughs> much? If we, if we, Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Lou, how many goals would Pepe score, How many goals would Pepe score, Sean? If we, if we, if we switch the overlap. Yeah, if we switch the overlap, uh, he's getting 15 minimum, I'm telling you. League? League. Boy, listen. League. Yeah, League. <laughs> 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 I'm here backing you as well. Bro, come on. Actually, no, no. Do you know what? Let, 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 let me put my chest out because I'm taking money from Leo anyway. I say if we do, if we switch and we have the overlap on the right hand side, we'll get 15 in the league. I will take that bet with you. I want to caveat that. That's a calm bet still. I want to caveat that. You should only bet it if they don't use Bellerin. 
So what, a, new, a new right back? It has to be, I, I don't know how, if it's going to be new, but it has to be different. Bellerin's not it. So I, I refuse to accept that with Bellerin because Saka's on the other side and Bellerin and Saka, in quality-wise, don't compare. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the bet if I was you. I, it mm-hmm. has to be someone different to Bellerin. Maybe next season we'll see someone. Bear cameo, I mean, if Pepe's as good as you bloody guys say he is, then he shouldn't. It shouldn't matter who the bloody <laughs> right back is. Who is the right back I at Lille? Who is the right back at Lille? No, no, do you no, even no, know no, his no, name? You, uh, do you know his name? Do you know? Do you know his name? I don't know. No, I used to watch him a lot. I Ka- don't know his name. Yeah, it's Kavlak. Kavlak. Oh, Ka- Ka- yeah, he's the Turkish kid, right? He was decent. Yeah. He, he used to overlap yeah, a lot. Is he, he better decent. than Bellerin though? Yeah. Maybe. Current Bellerin. Yeah, man. Boy. I've got the lads Bellerin's Boy. black. He's dead shoes, man. Boy, he's, isn't this guy still playing for Lille when they're like 18th in the league now or something? So, yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. Justice, he's no. the whole team. No, <laughs> no Pepe, and look what happened. Just, exactly. Yeah. Pepe, they were the Champions League, bro. When Pepe yeah, was there. Mm. So, anyway. All right. Anyway, let's, let's leave it there. We've done an hour and a half pod, lads. So, um, <laughs> yeah. The people want it, man. The people want it. Yeah, <laughs> they do, do they? Anyway, Leo, where can, where oh, can people, wow. where, yeah, where, where can people find you on Twitter? Education, E-J-I-K-E-T-I-O-N. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it's spelt. Yeah. Cool. I think so. I'm going to think about that for a second. Yeah. Uh, um, Sean, what about you? Yeah, SV and Don Bele. Come on. Oh, not, not, not SV, uh, our Pepe, no? Okay. Wow. All right, cool, 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 cool. That's a troll, man. And Daniel, what about yourself? Uh, INDT underscore 45. Super. And you can find me not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, lubob91. Bad B, yeah? Man, yeah. there's no Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bad B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Take it easy. Uh, uh, just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. 
Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Sports Social Podcast Network.